0: Like beginning to eat my oatmeal, which is a very, very slow, drawn out oh process. Goodness. If you ever watched Molly eat oatmeal, it's like honestly so painful. I think just... I think paint dries faster. Yeah, yeah, it's like okay. I mean, I don't know about Here anyone comes else. the airplane. But my gag reflex in the wilderness somehow is heightened, and for some reason, oatmeal can really get it going for me. Yeah. So I just gotta really focus each it's like, bite. Ah, ah. <laughs> it's like stop doing that. I also am in the morning, and I also just like don't need to see you gag for the first half hour of my day hi i'm carrie and i'm molly and you're listening to the two sisters on adventures podcast (laughs) so just a quick reminder if you want to see any pictures or videos from the things that we talk about today you can always follow us on facebook or instagram at two sisters on adventures and that's with the number two much like this podcast has the number two And if you're enjoying this podcast, leave us a rating and review on the platform of your choice so that other people can learn about this podcast too. So let's get down to business. So at this point, we'd been in our tent since like 5.30 (laughs) the previous day. And it was kind of funny because I remember Molly would repeatedly like stick her head out of the tent and check the temperature. So she'd be like, or not the temperature. We knew what the temperature was from inside the tent. But she'd be checking the weather. She'd be like, uh, still raining, still raining. Actually, no, because it didn't rain. Yeah. I wrote in I wrote in my journal that it started raining again at like four AM. So uh I don't remember what time it stopped raining, but you know, it's you're kinda hopeful because it stopped. And then at four AM it starts again. And then um I wrote that I looked out the tent kind of like every thirty minutes or so from about five thirty AM till six thirty, just, you know, seeing what it was like. Yep. And It was just, like, so socked in. Mm -hmm. It was, like, trees that were, like, maybe 40 feet away were you know, covered in fog. And that's just, like, not a fun visual (laughs) when you peek out the tent. And every time I'd peek out again, hoping it'd be better. And it was the same. Uh, And so finally, I think at 630, we were like, well... I guess we just got to get out and kind of start preparing Mm -hmm. to see what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. Well, I think it kind of had actually stopped raining though. Well, it wasn't raining, but it was still sucked Yeah. And so that's kind of, I think when we made our decision of like, well, may as well get up and get over there as fast as possible. That's so true. And so we, um, I mean, we still obviously had our coffee and our oatmeal because you know what? I'm remembering. Well, yeah. So this is our, our routine before we leave our camp. Morning routine. We are going to eat breakfast. We are going to have coffee. And it is going to take a little a bit of time. Yep. And we are going <laughs> to drop a deuce at least once. <laughs> yeah. There's no point trying to go anywhere else. I remember seeing comments on Far Out for one of the passes that was yes. like, uh, just FYI, if you guys need to use the bathroom, like, do it before you get to Mather path because Pass, because there's so much rock up here that you'd have to use a jackhammer to dig a <laughs> decent cat hole. <laughs> uh, so so it, it was kind of humorous because... I guess at some point we must have convened with uh, Chantel and Sophia to decide that we were going to all cross the pass together. I think they were already going to go. But, yeah, okay, Well, but together. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, because... Well, I think they just kept not leaving, and we're like, well, if you're not leaving... I think at some point we were like, are you guys going to go? And they're like, no, we're going to... (laughs) The point I'm getting to is that Carrie and I are doing our camp chores at our normal speed. Like, we're, you know, doing our tent, we're doing our breakfast, Mm -hmm. we're digging our cat holes, we're making those journeys at our just our normal speed. Because I don't think we pre-dug because it was raining the night before. I know, yeah, Yeah. and so... uh, so here we are doing it all, and then, like, Chantel is just, like, sitting there on a rock, <laughs> and then, like, Sophia's sitting on another rock, uh, and they're probably just... Probably with the... And, and the, uh, the, yeah, the, sleeping the sleeping bag The sleeping bag line, liner, liner oh, as a scarf. <laughs> and, and they're just, like, sitting there while we're just going at our normal speed, and I feel like I'm, like, beginning to eat my oatmeal, which is a very, very slow, drawn-out process. Oh, my process. goodness. If you ever watched Molly eat oatmeal, it's, like, honestly so painful. I think, just... I think paint dries faster. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay... I mean, I don't know about Here anyone comes else, the airplane. but my gag reflex in the wilderness somehow is heightened. And for some reason, oatmeal can really get it going for me. Yeah. So I just got to really focus it's each like, bite. on. <laughs> it's like, stop doing that. I also am in the morning and I also just like, don't need to see you gag for the first half hour of my day. <laughs> it's not that bad, but no, anyway, so I'm like slowly eating my oatmeal and I feel like I finally had enough social awareness to be like, wait, oh, Chantel, like... You're sitting usually here up and, and you're totally ready to go, but not, you're, you're not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so then I feel like I was like, Oh, I'll go fast. So yeah. we like tried to go fast, yeah. but I wrote I that I we left, left at eight, eight. and yeah. I think I wrote that we got up at seven. So that's well, no, terrible. Like, yeah. So, An hour. so, um, and it's, you know, me, the, I guess, optimist, um, you know, I'm looking at the clouds and it still is really socked in pretty similar to the day before. But we did see at one point one patch of blue sky. Mm-hmm. I'm I was like, oh my goodness, you guys, the sun's out. And living in the Pacific Northwest for so long. I don't know if it's just called insanity or if it is a skill, you like start to understand the like way that the sun comes through the clouds because sometimes you just be (laughs) in this valley, it's socked in and you start to get closer and closer to where the sun's going to break through and there's this goldenish light. Mm -hmm. And so I was convincing myself I was seeing that, but I did see one, one little bit of blue sky and then I was like, okay, we are going to have a great day folks. So we break camp, we head out by 8 a.m. We briefly have to figure out even yeah, where the trail where is. where is the trail once again? So weird in that basin. I, I, I dipped my is. hand in the water and it was so warm. It yeah. felt like the water was 80 degrees, but that <laughs> means to me mean that it was about ambient air temp was probably like 34 yeah, was cool. and the water was probably like 50. So yeah. it felt pretty good. And then, you know, we set out feeling pretty confident that the day was going to be good. Yeah. And it's hilarious because we have a picture of when we left and it's like, you can see a little bit of the basin. And then Molly took a picture, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes later. Yeah. And it's like, you can barely see in front of me. So of course the fog's closing in and the freezing rain starts again. And I mean, it was pretty windy too. I'd say. Yeah. Like I, it was cold. It was, it was windy. It was remarkable the emotions of breaking camp and leaving, yeah, thinking like, a okay, hopeful. there's some promise of clear skies and this being okay. Yeah. Crossing the pass, and it was fast forward. I think one mile, and Plus, it started to rain. already. It's like already. slightly funny because for whatever reason, nobody had their pack covers on. Huh. I don't even remember if we were wearing raincoats at first. So I feel like we had to keep stopping and be like, yeah. well, we got to put on this, and then like somebody be like, oh, we got to put on our pack covers, and then, so we just remember it was like we were not making good progress because we kept stopping to put different things on and then i feel like we kind of started to get molly was in like her nanny ridge mode because it was kind of like well we want to get up and over the pass and it wasn't that far away from where we camped it was only a couple miles yeah 1500 feet of gain so you're thinking like it shouldn't take us that long we can just get over the pass and then that way we can get to lower elevation and, like, as we're going up, I mean, we're just Which like. Which, in reality, it was six miles to the pass. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that was actually I'm like, a little We were ways. right on the pass. No, wow, that was a really long yeah. journey. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. And, and so I think you start thinking, like, okay, like, we just gotta start grinding and going. And, like, the thing is, I think that sometimes when you're in that Nanny Ridge mode, you're not like taking in everyone else's experiences and emotions as well. And so I think that we were just kind of trying to grind and go. And then like we look around and like everybody's kind of having a rough time because I think mentally we're all in a place where we're like, ah, should we even be doing this? It's like cold. It's rainy. Yeah. And we were wearing our shorts, which I still don't think was a bad choice at that time because we still had dry pants to put on. But, like, our shorts are totally soaked. Our legs are totally wet. It's cold. And, like, we weren't really giving anybody any options for, like, let's pause and take a little breather. I I think, you know, the um, maybe the nanny ridge mode was slightly brought on by it was a strange experience. I felt like there were alarm bells going off in my Mm -hmm. brain. Like, every step I was going, my brain was also saying, is this a good decision? Mm -hmm. Should you be doing this? Should you turn around? Um, And it was kind of strange because I feel like that, I mean, that has happened before, but I feel like, I don't know, it was like every single step yeah. my brain was saying, is this a good decision? Should you and be And then doing I feel this? like it was made rougher by the fact that there were some people coming down the pass, and they just looked, like, very negative. And so I would say I took that interaction as a positive, and I can't remember when we oh, met did them. Did, did we meet them before or after we took our little rest break? Before. Go ahead. So uh, we, uh, I don't remember. So anyways, it was, and like, once again, to paint the picture for you guys. I feel guys, like they were coming down very negative though. Cause we said, does the rain stop? And they were like briefly at the top, but we had just been soaked this whole morning. Yeah. But you took that as like, it's yay, not going to rain, rain at, the at the top. exactly. Which was my, my takeaway was like, it's going to keep raining all day. And once again, painting the picture, why this is. See, it was a stressful day for yeah. us, and I think probably the most stressful day for yeah. me on the trail uh, was just the fact that it was this continuous. It wasn't a downpour, but it was no. a c- constant soaking, soaking rain, rain yeah. and it was very I cold. you know below thirty five degrees. Yeah. It wasn't cold enough that it was actually f- becoming ice, but it was very cold. And you know, like in the beyond, like down the road, we learned that really one of the well, most so dangerous things you can encounter think- is in fact. Of so I'm just gonna read from, um, there's this guy named Ned Tibbetts and he comments, I mean, if you're in a John Muir Trail group on Facebook, you've probably seen one of his comments. He's got a lot of information about the Sierra and winter time, a lot of information about water crossings. He's been out there for just like decades. So he knows his stuff. And I think the thing is, like, on one hand, I felt like I was being dramatic because it's just rain, right? Yeah. Like, why am I getting all worked up over just a little bit of rain and a little bit of cold? Like, I should be fine, right? But it's kind of interesting Because he's been kind of talking about um, this year in the Sierra, you're having to make decisions, right? Like, should I be out there or not? And he was saying, um, one of the things that he posted was, Don't be fooled into thinking that exposure to rain rather than snow is better. Freezing rain is far more conducive to hypothermia because people think they can hike through it, yet they get soaked in doing so and suffer from it later. When you wake up in the morning and you're already in the Sierra and it is threatening to rain, snow, hail, thunder, lightning outside your tent, it is wise to maintain your personal dryness and warmth and not plan on hiking that day. And so it often goes while people pack up in the rain or snow, thinking they have to make miles that day, all their gear gets wet to one degree or another, then the storm blows in a few hours later just to get more of their stuff wet as they hike along. They push to a decent campsite while personally getting more wet, pull out all their gear and clothing to throw into the tent, getting it wet in the process and start shivering once inside and not moving around anymore. So I thought that was kind of interesting because it's nice to know on one hand that like those alarm bells were warranted and we're not just a pair of like overreacting girls who don't Uh know anything about the outdoors Uh or just being dumb. But I think that I was kind of freaking out internally because I was like, okay, like hypothermia is very serious in the mountains. But I think the flip side of that is we do keep all of our gear in stuff sacks, so we will always have a dry um, sleeping bag, dry clothes, and dry layers. I'll make another point that when we packed up our camp, it was not raining. Yeah. So it was socked in, but mm-hmm. it was not raining. So our tent was wet, but yeah. everything inside of our tent, our sleeping bags, et cetera, was yeah. all dry. So we all of our like warmth related yeah. safety gear was dry except for the tent which yeah. the inside was dry and i think the decision to move forward was made while it wasn't raining and when we thought it was going to get sunnier exactly so anyways we were kind of heading up the pass and i feel like we we're getting a little bit panicky and then like one of the members of our group was just started having a really tough time because we were in higher altitude than yeah. we've been in for a long time yep you know we were moving really fast and that person had a lot shorter legs than us and I feel like we kind of, we kind of all like pause cause she was just like, look, I have to take a little break. Yeah. I have to like get, catch my breath. Yeah. And I could tell that she felt really bad to like be holding us back, you know, which I would put in quotation marks if I could, you know. And she was kind of like just go on ahead like I'll just go at my own pace and we kind of all I mean I think it's always tempting to say that or to agree to do that because you feel bad and you want to be nice. Yeah. But the flip side of that is when you're in the mountains the number one thing that can take care of you are the people in your group. Yes. And so we were just all like no. We're going to stick together. You know, if we're saying that we can go over this pass right now, then we can afford to slow down just a little bit. Definitely. And, um, cause I, we didn't want to stop a lot cause you don't want to stop moving when you're cold and wet. But I think the flip side of that is you can, you should never leave a member of your group just because they're having trouble keeping up. And that was a good self-awareness moment for me too, I think, because it was, it felt like, um, you know, alarm bells going off. Should I be here? Should I be doing this? What can I do to fix it? Get out of this situation as fast as I possibly can by speed hiking up the Mm past. But then at the same time, that's not being respectful to every person's experience. And the most important thing as a group of people in the wilderness is to make sure that you maintain the safety of the group yeah and so you're working at a speed that every single member is comfortable at Mm -hmm. and there's never a situation where you say like oh yeah like we'll just split up and go at our own pace and we'll reconvene later because that's when things can really start to go awry so i feel like carrie and i have had some experiences in the wilderness in the past Mm -hmm. where um there were you know certain members of the group that were having a difficult time (laughs) to be frank um I think that something that's been really helpful for me in backpacking or hiking is assessing myself. Yeah. And one thing that I know about myself is if I'm extremely tired, I get kind of anxious. And so there have been two times where we haven't summited something because I've said, I cannot go on anymore. Not necessarily because I physically can't, but because mentally I'm so out of the game that I just don't feel safe. And, um, luckily, um, my Team members have been cool and about it. honestly, I was thinking of a different instance okay. that wasn't even related <laughs> was like, well, to you. Nice you're not gonna call me out no, no, in a different instance oh. when there was another person who was having a tough time, and that person said like Oh, you guys just go on ahead." Was it like, there? Yeah, you were. (laughs) Um, And we said, no, like, we're going as a group. And we did not regret that decision either because it was dark and, like, people's batteries started dying on flashlights and headlamps. And, like, we stick together as a group and we were safe because of that. And so... Those experiences, I feel like, have affirmed those good decisions that Mm -hmm. we made. So that this traveling up Mere Pass experience actually became a really like, uh, it was an easy decision. Like I feel like we didn't have to think about it at all. It was just like, no, we're absolutely not going to leave you behind because we're a group. Even Carrie, to touch on your experience of those summits that we didn't experience, I think that that is a sign of growth and maturity in the backcountry when you do not summit or finish every objective yeah. you yeah. set out to yeah. because you are assessing yourself yeah. and once again talking about like skills in the wilderness that yeah. can translate to quote-unquote mm-hmm. real life yeah um that's like a very important skill as well yeah. and we had the op- opportunity to practice it as we were ascending your pass. So once again, we made a decision as a group that we were going to stick together and we were going to cross this pass as a group. And we set off again. And um, I would kind of think about how, once again, alarm bells, things that I was thinking of specifically were just like we are moving and so we're keeping ourselves warm but mm-hmm. the you know one twisted ankle or one yeah. like little setback all of a sudden we can't move anymore and keep ourselves warm so that's a, a safety concern so definitely which I the feel flip like side of that is when you're hiking with people at the very least like if you're injured someone else can cover for you you know oh, in the wilderness, exactly but yeah and so just i'm just thinking back yeah. to every step really that we were walking yeah. um was really a prayerful walk yeah, up that yeah. mm-hmm. pass because mm-hmm. yeah. there were so many different like safety related uh, yeah, concerns Mm-hmm. and and variables. So yeah. we, we continued upwards and then we met, I think it was three people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were on their way down, and they were not in a good mood. <laughs> no, they were pretty grumpy. They they were wet, and they they told well, and us... Well, I feel like you're looking for good information, so you're like, how's it over there? Oh, man, and, and they, they were they like, were just like, yeah. Don't it's, talk to me. <laughs> it's been raining, you know, this whole time. We've been soaking wet, and then they did say that the rain stopped, like, just before the top of Muir Pass, so that's what I really, like, bit onto as a very positive mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> um, and so we kept walking, and then um, at some point, uh, and it was, I want to say at least a mile before the top of the pass, mm-hmm. it stopped raining. So yeah. everything was still really socked in kind of those like low moody clouds, but it was not raining. And so that was like a, a big relief yeah. to, to not just be Plus, constantly like, drenched. the really nice thing about Muir Pass is you know where the top of the pass is because you can see the Muir Hut, which is such a cool little structure up in the mountains and it's right at the top of the pass. So I feel like one thing that never really demoralized me is like getting to the top of a false summit. Honestly. Because I always if we rounded the corner and i didn't see the hut i'd be like well okay i know we're not at we're not at the top of the pass yet and i'm not going to be at the top when i get over there and i feel like that was super nice but it was crazy because as we were going to the (laughs) part of the pass where you're going to start heading up to the hut it's kind of in between these two higher peaks to either side of you and we heard this rock fall and it was so crazy because it went on for such a long time And kind of at that moment, it's like you're standing there, you can't see where the rock falls. Because the, the clouds are yeah. so low, they cover everything. You can't really tell where it's coming from, because I feel like there's almost an echo. You know what I mean? Like it seems like it's coming from everywhere in yeah. a way and you're thinking I think the only thing I could think was okay so I'm like at the lowest point between these two peaks right now and there's a rock fall but it must have been really high up because it definitely I mean we didn't see any part of it we started no we never saw any of it and we started hearing you know just like one or two rock sounds and it just Mm -hmm. kept building and building and I think it must have gone for like 30 seconds and then I started looking around and everywhere Mm -hmm. around me rocks are laying and scattered and I thought how many of these rocks (laughs) rolled down from the top yeah. and then am i just gonna see a rock coming out of the clouds i know because it's us? like one of those things that when you can't see where anything's coming from you can't really protect yourself. it was very eerie so that was kind uh, of like a scary ish feeling yeah. moment a and, moment that i didn't love and anyway. then once the rock fall was done uh there was no other rock fall we heard but yeah. that was just so wild and the fact that we never saw it was even wilder. <laughs> I know. But it was kind of cool, I guess, too, you know? Yeah, and we rounded I do, it. do you remember? We were like, what if it's Matt and Peter up there? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I we are we thinking so. of Matt and Peter? Because uh, they were doing, like, a high route, which was yeah, off trail. Yeah. So we were like, we maybe did. Matt and Peter are up there <laughs> triggering rock falls, trying to kill us. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, I hope I hope not. <laughs> we rounded a corner, and then we did see yeah. the Muir mm-hmm. Hut in the distance. Um, and that I was really I felt pretty motivated exciting. to get there fast after the rock fall. I was like, got to get yeah. there before more rocks fall on us. <laughs> But that was such an exciting moment. And it was so funny. So we kind of walked up to the door and I've seen it. I feel oh like gosh. it's just such an iconic place on yeah. trail. And we were really looking forward to it because you're going to get out of the elements. It was still really windy. It was still cold. Yeah. And Molly's like trying to open the door. No I one's not open, open it. <laughs> open so it. And so this is kind of a throwback to our lives. Um, <laughs> One of our cousins, Mary, she's in like uh. She's a military police yeah, a military officer. Yeah, military police officer. And one time she told us, like, a donkey kick is the best way to open any door. <laughs> so after I tried to, like, you know, lean into the door with my shoulder and jiggle the handle and it didn't work, I yeah. just turned around and She's did a gentle donkey, donkey, donkey kick and the door just popped open. It just open. opened. It was just so funny. I was like, oh, thank goodness for marrying her. Because in that moment, knowledge. I was like, oh, gosh, what if we can't even get into the marriage? know. <laughs> yeah, so then we kind of went on in there. And shortly after, we were joined by a couple of guys who were about, uh, Backpacking as well, and Molly and I at this point decided like, well, we've been wearing our shorts and our legs are super cold. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It seemed like the worst of the rain was over. Yeah. And so we were like, well, let's just go ahead and switch into our pants, which is just kind of. Well, first of all, when I first sat down in the mirror hut, it's kind of leaky actually. Oh, it is. Yeah. And so I, it's like very dark in there. You can't really see anything, and I sit on this, you know, whatever the seating is in there, and I sat and I swear, just a huge puddle. So I was glad that I hadn't switched my pants yet. Honestly. Anyway, and then those guys kind of came in, and we're all visiting, and it was just funny because Molly and I were like, well, I'm not going to change my pants outside, so we were just, like, casually yeah. kind of changing Ta- out of our shirts in Time to just take there. off our pants in a nice yeah, social I setting. Yeah, it's just pretty chill. There were two guys, and then was there another solo Well, so, hiker? okay, so then this is the part that I still am upset about, sort of. Um, there was that solo hiker who came in, and we were and all kind of visiting. Were yeah. both of the people we saw, so the two guys, were they hiking southbound? Yeah, but they were going to hop off trail because they'd just been up there. Oh, that's right. It was a very short trip. Yeah, they were fly fishing. They were very cool, very chill. But then this other guy came in and he was a northbound John Muir Trail hiker. And at first he seemed pretty nice and we were just kind of visiting with him. And then he started telling us this story about how a few miles back he had met this lady and she had had... um, You know how we always say, like, you can, you know, control all the variables that you can. Well, unfortunately, she had a tent that was not waterproof and she didn't know that when she went out there and so I don't know if it's just a scenario where she needed to waterproof her tent again or you know maybe she just didn't know but she had gotten completely soaked in her own mm. tent like her sleeping bag was soaked her clothes were soaked and so he said she saw he saw her just kind of coming down the mountain and she was kind of like panicked and I think he was saying like she was carrying her sleeping bag too so she hadn't even really packed up I think up she her... said that she was shivering yeah too, she was and shivering she was really and cold. she was freaking out and. <laughs> And she had told him something to the effect of like, I'm gonna I think I'm gonna hit the SOS button on my mm. in reach because I'm really afraid that I'm gonna have hypothermia. Like I just don't feel like I can keep going on. And this is the part that was upsetting to me. He did give her some good advice on one hand, because he told her, Don't just hit the SOS button and sit. Like you can't yeah. stop moving if you're you're gonna get hypothermia and no one's gonna come help you for a long time, which I felt kind of shock some people I think some people think well I'm out here in the wilderness and I have my in reach and I'll just hit the SOS button and get help and they don't think about like it could be like a day before help comes uh, to you especially when you're that far weather in the back country and it's not like they could fly a helicopter because the fog is so yeah. thick and so I, he gave her good advice in terms of he told her you need to just keep moving and he was like you should just head down the pass. there's a ranger station down there but the things that bothered me were a um, the ranger station in the back country is kind of a misnomer. Yeah, there's almost never a ranger in it. I think yeah. they sometimes will sleep there at night, but they do a lot. I mean, they're, they're patrolling. Out there, they're patrolling. They're checking different areas and campsites and. So there, and I think especially in September, yeah. they're phasing out. So maybe if it was the height of drill, yeah. uh, maybe they would be there, but it's, it is not guaranteed. So it's kind of like, Hey, you might get down there and there's not even going to be a ranger there. And B, I think the thing that just bothered me the most is to me, when you're in the wilderness and you're aware of what's happening, like this lady doesn't have any dry clothes. She doesn't have a dry tent. She's, she's shivering. She's panicking. Yeah. Maybe her thought processes aren't as great he just left her and he told her like, keep walking. And I think he felt a little panicky. Like I need to make miles northbound. Like I have to be somewhere at a certain time, but I just feel like that's really not an excuse for letting someone go off in an environment that is life threatening when they're all by themselves. And so I feel like, he kind of told us that story, and we were all just kind of like, wait, you left her? Yeah. And he ended up leaving the hut before us, and I remember those other guys were like, I cannot believe he told us that story, because if it was me and I had just left someone out in the wilderness, I would never tell anyone Honestly. that. Because it's so horrifying, like, to know that there are people out there who, rather than trying to help someone, would just be like, oh, well, uh, you're going to die if you sit here, so just keep walking, but I got to keep making miles. Yeah. And I told Molly after that, I was just thinking, like, man, if we meet up with this lady, like, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to pitch, like we can just pitch a tent. She can get in my sleeping bag, like take off her wet clothes, all that kind of stuff. And that was my plan to like throw the hot packs in there with her and get her warmed up because yeah. it is true that for hypothermia, like the most important thing you can do is get out of the elements and just start get out, war- of your get wet out of clothes. your wet clothes, start warming yourself up. Right. There's no such thing as modesty when your life is at stake and understanding, and, right. That like yeah. another human body is yeah. uh, one of the best ways to warm up. If, yeah. you, if you have a hiking partner yep. with you, And so that was just one of those things where uh, I think it'll forever bother me that that guy felt so comfortable to just leave her and tell her like, there's no help for you out here. (laughs) But we never ran into her and I never read a story about anybody dying that season of hypothermia or going missing. So I think she must have ended up being okay. Hopefully she met another hiker who actually was, had the behavior of like a normal hiker where you would help someone who was in need. Um, but I'm going to read you another Ned Tibbetts quote, because he's had some really good stuff about hypothermia on recently. And I think this is just so interesting. Um, he says, the most important environment you can control begins with you, your thoughts, your actions, and the decisions of warmth layering um, your clothing protect with, you know, like protection in mind and exposure to wind uh, to wind. Realize that you are a visitor out there, a guest in a foreign environment where you are no longer able to control everything around you unless you are paying attention and know what to do, as in this case. So I just think it's one of those things. I just love having that written out, actually. Like Mm -hmm. the most important environment you can control is you because you cannot control Mother Nature. You can't control what happens in the wilderness, but you can try to have a backup plan and try to be prepared. Wow, did it feel good to be yeah, wearing pants? Yeah, those bad boys were just, like, cozy as heck. And they were dry. Mm-hmm. And um, this began... Uh like the shift of Carrie and Molly yeah. hiking in shorts, I know to Carrie and Molly hiking in pants, pants. <laughs> <laughs> which it's kind of funny because, like, we had a friend comment at one of our pictures on Mount Whitney Wow, I've never seen you guys wearing pants on the trail I before. Was like, it must have been cold, yeah. Like, we hike at all seasons, all types of weather. I mean, obviously, a snow hike is pants, yeah. but we just do not hike in pants. But no. it, it began. On that day Which in I will the will Hut. <laughs> I feel good about that decision in the end. The fact that we wore Honestly, shorts for wow. the first half because otherwise our pants would have been completely soaked and cold. So it actually t- it turned out to be a good call to wear shorts, and then when the rain stopped, flip to pants. Exactly. So we started to well, we had to take some obligatory pictures oh, yeah. in I front of I'd... the. It was so Muir cold. Hut. I remember everyone was like, "Let's go," and I was like, "Guys, no! Like this is the Muir Hut. Everyone oh. takes a picture here. We have to just take one picture." Yeah. Hut. So that was fun uh, to get that perspective, and then uh, the Muir Hut is so well situated um, on the top of the pass where it's once again I love that pass feeling. You're waving goodbye to one side, yeah, and yeah. you're entering another, and that's like a you know a natural kind of break in your trip and you start a new chapter so we started to descend and I just would say that this was the most gorgeous pass of the trail like they were all beautiful in their own way but I think and I feel like a piece of it too was like the moody weather kind of made the granite even more beautiful as it does but there was just like all these different colors of rocks there's like the beautiful granite there was black there was like some purple rocks and then there was cascading waterfalls and lush Mm, green meadows and beautiful um lakes and i feel like you could really just even see the hand that glaciation had oh in my shaping gosh, the yeah. valley like you could see that u-shape so perfectly and even the like glacial erratics which would be like the large boulders that you see just deposited in the middle of a meadow and you're like where did that come from but they were left behind by glaciers as they recede to see that was just like so neat and cool and i I think Muir Pass marked the beginning of when I started taking pictures because (laughs) at the end of the day, I was like, I didn't take any pictures and that was such a gorgeous pass, but luckily other people did. Yeah. And it was kind of funny because I feel like we were still kind of hauling on the way down because we had another like 11 miles to go after the pass. No, 13. Yeah. Because we we went 19 19 miles miles that day. So we were still going pretty fast, but then I remember everybody just, like, started falling, so I think they were getting tired, and the footing was, like, a little weird. It was slippery and, like, so rocky. Yeah, and, like, we were going still kind of fast, so I remember there was, like, a point where one person falls and the next person falls, and then, like, one time Molly fell, and then we just sat down and took a break there, and it's funny because we have this photo that uh, Sophia took, which is, like, my favorite one. We didn't even know she was taking it, and it's just both of us, like, sitting there eating a snack. And Kira, Like sitting amongst the rocks. Kira, reminded me, she was like, I think Molly, that that's where you fell. Yeah, we saw that and... picture the other day and I was like, oh, that's where you fell down and you're just like, let's take a break. <laughs> uh, but yeah. yeah, it was so, so beautiful. And honestly, just like, like talking about it, it just brings a smile yeah. to my face because it it really was gorgeous. We saw a deer, I think, right up yeah, by the trail mm-hmm. at one point. And then I do remember <clears throat> it like spritzed like a little bit of sprinkling occasionally but mainly it was just you know that socked in cloudiness but uh it it did rain at one point and that's when we decided to eat our lunches uh so we were like kind of sitting (laughs) under a jeffrey pine uh to get out of the rain and it actually did a good job of sheltering us i'm pretty sure didn't um who, what was her name Um, at uh, Muir Trail Ranch? Haley. Haley. I think she told us that that was a great place to Yeah, be shelter from rain. Sheltered from there rain. there so many branches. And it was true. Yeah. Um, and I remember that was an instance where I think I spilled my um, goldfish crackers <laughs> on the ground. So. <laughs> and there were all these ants. And I was like, there's no way I'm leaving these here. And I was eating them <laughs> off of the ground. So that <gasps> oh, was, you okay. know, you could tell we'd been on the the trail yeah, for, for a number only, of yeah, days yeah, at that point. Plus, right, we already have, like, less food than we'd planned for because we couldn't fit it, so. Yeah, it was still pretty chilly. Yeah. Like, um, one of the things we left out of the What's in Our Packs episodes, yeah. unfortunately, were gloves. So I wore my gloves, I think, pretty much yeah. that entire day. Yeah, and mine got kind of, like, damp, but it yeah. was still... I actually was doing the thing where, like, you know when you have your hands in your gloves and, like, your fingers aren't uh, in the finger yeah, part, you just kind of got ha. them in, like, fists. <laughs> <laughs> but at least they're not in the cold wind. Exactly. And, like, one funny thing about the pants that I wore is, like, they were kind of joggers. So, like <laughs> the bottom two inches above my socks were like exposed. <laughs> and I feel like, unfortunately, that skin got like so chapped and oh. just like blah. Oh. And so that's why I would definitely not wear those pants on the trail again if I was planning to wear pants. I think, had we initially thought we might camp by the, Rangers? Yeah, no, so no, originally or the ranger Yeah, so we were going to camp, I think it's McClure. We were going to camp by that ranger station. And ironically, we learned after the fact when we ended up meeting up with the three friends again that that's where they camped that yeah. very night. Huh. Um, but Sophia and, uh, Chantel were going to camp farther ahead because they wanted to go over Muir Pass in the morning, which I think we had been planning to go over Muir Pass as well, but it would have just been well, later in the day. I don't know. Cause I think we were going to camp at the lakes oh, below Muir Pass. Yeah, Palisades. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. Pa- mm-hmm. Yep. yeah. But we and ended up saying two like, passes. okay, we'll keep going with them. And yeah. I did write in my journal that we... We're going to part ways with Chantel and Sophia <laughs> if the weather was bad the next day. Yeah. Because they felt like they were going to have to go over regardless. And yeah. I kind of was told Molly, like, I don't feel like I need to put myself in that scenario again, where if the weather's bad, we just keep going. I was like, if the weather's bad tomorrow, we'll just, like, hang out at Palisade Lakes, you know, be in our tent, whatever. We've got plenty of food. We're not in a rush. You yeah. Know, we don't have any, any specific event that we need to get back for. So, like... It was, it was fun to see. Okay. So actually descending mirror pass, um, it was like a 13, almost 14 miles of descent for us, I believe. And as we descended, we, it went from like, you know, only rocks yep. well above tree line mm-hmm. to like adding in some grassy areas yep. and some little tarns and U-shaped valleys. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's more trees yep. and then all of a sudden it actually transitions more to forest. Yeah. And it was really, really cool. I remember thinking that that day to see how things transitioned so markedly as we descended. Cause yeah. I think we descended probably at least like 4,000 feet that yeah. day. Um, so that was really cool. And then the closer we got to where our, we passed the ranger station and then yep. we got closer to which where... we did see a tent outside of it so we were like oh i wonder if that's that lady i know we hoped it was yeah. um the closer we got to where we were going to camp which was like the low point before you start to ascend to mather mm-hmm. um the mm-hmm. more it did just become forested and yeah. it was it was cool to see how all the rivers were just like flowing and sliding and, yeah. and the sound of water yeah and, and then to, uh i mean I and even know. our campsite that we ended up being at it was kind of interesting because it was like You're camped in these trees, but when you go over to the side, you could see a waterfall kind of over by us that was just cascading down. And I remember thinking like, man, I wonder if this campsite's just a river in the early Yeah, honestly. No, so it was really pretty. And then um, it wasn't raining, so we were able to pitch our tent. And I don't really think it did any drying that night. Oh, definitely not. It was like kind of humid and cold. Uh, So we did pitch it. And then I don't remember what we had for dinner that night, but I remember it was like it was, like, a nice yeah, social dinner. It was a nice dinner. But it was dinner. also cold, so you were kind of wanting to, to get in your tent yeah, as well. Yeah, that's when I started, like, really, for sure, always using my uh, pillow as a sit pad, which was its intended use. <laughs> but you know what's funny? I remember going to the... So I, that was when I think we started having night poops. <laughs> like <laughs> At that I, point, I think I was doing 3 Yeah. At that. <laughs> so it's funny because I remember that we were, like, it was after dinner. Oh, it was gosh, so that's... cold outside. It was dark. And we went up to dig our, our like holes on the hillside and your river is like so so steep we were like yeah we gotta dig it by a tree so we don't just like roll down the hill as we're going to the bathroom and it was like weirdly a little bit stressful but the stars were nice yeah so there's always that I don't know that's amazing yeah but anyway so it was kind of just a nice little ending to the day and it felt uh, good to have made it over mere pass and be okay. Yeah, and it, it, just, like, the irony at that time was still how we had no idea where our itinerary would end <laughs> up because in my journal at the end, I said, you know, tomorrow we'll – well, first of all, I said I was thankful that um, we were safe and we yeah. were in a warm tent and for yeah. answered prayers once again yeah. for safety. um And, I, you know, uh, tomorrow I wrote that we will either camp, you know, below Mather or continue over it and that we'd plan to end our hike by the 19th or the 20th yeah. and we definitely didn't end our hike on either of those days nope. so <laughs> we did not know what was going to happen nope. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of the two sisters on adventures podcast, on adventures podcast. We hope that you enjoy this episode today, and we're definitely gonna have a lot of really lovely photos from your past. Not photos that I took, obviously, but um, and, photos that other people and took and me. I terms. am looking at this picture from that evening, and it looked like we kind of saw a blue sky at yeah, the end of the that's day. Possible. So it's there you go. You can find so, out for yourselves yeah, uh, by you can... following us on our social media accounts. Yep. <laughs> at Two Sisters on Adventures. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>